Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. A few weeks back on the Bossed Up podcast, I shared my journey to landing my book deal with Public Affairs Books, a division of the Hachette Book Group. But while landing a deal is a really important piece of the publishing puzzle, it's truly just the beginning of the book writing process. So whether you pursue a traditional publisher like me or opt to self-publish, the creative process of writing an entire book is equally, if not more, challenging. So today I wanted to share the key strategies that helped me tap out over 65,000 words for the Bossed Up book, debuting next month, May 21st. First, it all started with a big idea. When I launched Bossed Up back in 2013, I set out to start a training business, a community where practical, research-driven training programs like Bossed Up Bootcamp would help women accelerate their careers and lives in a sustainable way. Frankly, I didn't consider writing to be anything more than an avenue through which to market Bossed Up's programs and really share my ideas about helping women strive for sustainable success. So you can imagine my surprise when an early blog post of mine that I originally wrote for my friend's blog focused on the shifting nature of gender roles called rollreboot.org was then republished by the Huffington Post and went pseudo-viral. It was a short piece about how I caught myself at times playing up my hot messness, especially around guys I was interested in, including one guy in particular, Brad the Boo, and how I wished it was considered just as sexy for women to get our shit together and really own our power over our own lives. The piece did so well that it served as early validation for my infant startup and earned me some much-appreciated attention on the brink of debuting our first-ever Bossed Up Bootcamp, exactly as I'd hoped. But I hadn't counted on people in the publishing world noticing. In a stroke of complete luck, the piece had impressed an editor at Hachette, and they invited me out to lunch to talk about the idea of writing a book. I was, of course, deeply flattered— but I had no idea what to write about. (laughs) After all, I was just on the brink of asking big questions about women, work-life balance, and relationships. I didn't really have any answers to share yet. Not to mention, I had no idea how to even make a living doing this kind of work just yet. So I simply kept in touch with that editor and started toying with the idea of what a bossed-up book might entail. I also devoted the next few years to really honing my craft. I learned a ton through organizing Bossed Up boot camps and interacting with trainers and thousands of women navigating career transition. And I improved my writing through years of practice, blogging, pitching guest pieces to different publications, and ultimately to writing a leadership column on Forbes and benefiting from their great editing. All the while, the Bossed Up book idea was becoming more clear in my mind, and I was feeling more and more motivated to make it a reality. I knew that I wanted to write a practical guide for women who wanted to get bossed up, 
But in the midst of running a busy, fledgling startup, I truly couldn't imagine how I could afford the time to spare. Keeping Bossed Up afloat was a full-time job. How on earth could I write a book without my business falling apart? Now, the next part of my story is a segment I call the failed proposals. I figured if I didn't have time to spare because I was so busy running my business, perhaps I could earn some money to take time off and write the book. That's what set me on the path to pursuing a traditional publishing deal, which comes with a financial advance to really supplement your income in order to help you take time off to write your book's manuscript. But as I described in my recent interview on the podcast with Colleen, my now editor, the proposal writing process just did not work out for me. I tried working with two different book agents to write out a book proposal, which is essentially a business plan for a book, but the inspiration just wasn't there. Because by this point, the vision for the Bossed Up book was super clear in my mind. So spending all this time trying to write this meta document, this this pitch to someone else who wasn't reading the book, but to convince them that they would want to read the book, and writing page after page just trying to explain the book instead of just writing the damn thing (laughs) felt counterproductive. It was really hard, to be honest. It was not motivating. It was not interesting. It wasn't motivating. And it just left me feeling like I was spinning my wheels. Now, right around this time, I was also reading Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, which is all about embracing courage through creativity. In a little chapter called An Idea Goes Away, she describes her own experience with neglecting a creative project that she'd been thinking about for a while. And she writes on page 47 of her hardcover copy, I'd seen this sort of thing happen before. The idea had grown tired of waiting, and it had left me. I could scarcely blame it. I had, after all, broken our contract. I'd promised to dedicate myself completely to Evelyn of the Amazon, the title of her book that she'd been trying to write. And then I reneged on that promise. I hadn't given the book a moment's attention for more than two years. What was the idea supposed to do? Sit around indefinitely while I ignored it? Maybe. You know, sometimes they do wait. Some exceedingly patient ideas might wait years or even decades for your attention, but others won't because each idea has a different nature. Would you sit around in a box for two years while your collaborator blew you off? Probably not. As I read those words, I was counting the days between where I was today with these failed book proposals and where I was when the book idea had first manifested back in 2013. That section got me so motivated to just cut to the chase and write the damn thing. The proposal writing process itself had already dragged on for a year. And by this point, it had already been three years after that initial lunch with the editor from Hachette. At this point, she'd already moved on to a job at another publishing house, and I worried, rightfully so, that I wouldn't get that lucky again. So I turned my attention away from winning a book deal and instead focused on making the time to write. The trade-off between time and money weighed heavily on me as an entrepreneur slash author. It felt like a zero-sum game. I could either spend more time growing my business or entertain this whole book writing gamble without the promise of a publishing deal at the end of that road. But finally, after years in business, my cash flow was really beginning to level out and my income was becoming a little more predictable. So for the first time in years, I felt confident that business was coming in reliably. 
So when I was looking at the quarter ahead, I realized that I could probably afford to take a few weeks off in August to focus my attention entirely on writing. It helped that I had an absolute rock star team in place with Emmy Kamamoto running our partnerships and Jackie Butler rocking our digital presence day to day. So I knew I could step away and the business that I'd worked so hard to build wouldn't fall apart. Giving myself the privilege of time when I didn't have the money or a book deal funding this whole writing endeavor was an absolutely key component to getting the Bossed Up book out of my head and onto the page. It also just so happened that Brad the Boo's parents, who live on a farm in western New York State, were planning a trip in August as well, and they were in search of a dog sitter anyway. So I made the trip up from D.C. to their beautiful home, which has no internet access, making it the perfect place for a makeshift writer's retreat. I spent two solid weeks on the farm, waking up, doing a few chores, and then planting myself on their front porch where I'd clack away on my keyboard for at least eight hours a day, six days a week. And two very non-glamorous weeks later, I had the basic structure of the Bossed Up book written in, granted, a very rough draft form, but at least there was something to work with. After those two weeks were up, it felt like my brain had turned to mush and my eyes were getting blurry from staring at my screen so much. So I was desperately in need of a real retreat and took my little sister Isabel on a four-day section hike of the Long Trail in Vermont as a little high school graduation gift to her since she was a few weeks away from going to Smith College as a first-year student. And it allowed me to decompress and give my brain some much-needed time to recover in nature, not looking at screens all day. I may not have had much money and I didn't have a book deal to speak of, but I did have time. And truly, it made me feel like the wealthiest woman alive. Now, the next steps of writing the Boss Up book were some of the hardest because it required the excruciatingly vulnerable process of letting other people read my half-baked book. And that's truly what it was at the time. Just under 40,000-ish words, I was only slightly more than half of the way to the 65,000 words that the book would end up being. But you can't make any book better without the power of editing and without some early feedback, which in this case came in the form of a few key early readers— My first early reader was Brad the Boo himself, who served as my pseudo-accountability buddy during my time on the farm, despite being back in D.C. After completing the first draft of each chapter, I'd share the Google Doc with him for his comments and feedback, which often required getting onto my phone's limited data plan and and tethering a little bit of Wi-Fi here and there just a couple of minutes at a time. And he'd leave little comments and feedback, which he'd leave in the form of conversation starters and cheerful encouragement in the comments section each night. He'd also often give himself credit by saying things like, hey, I've always said that to you. Or quote, I taught you that. To which I'd reply, yeah, but I'm the one who wrote it down. (laughs) Now, my next early reader was Maria, a longtime member of the Bostep community, a bootcamp alum herself, and a friend. She's an attorney who navigated a career transition after burning out herself, so we had a lot in common, and she offered to bring her wordsmithing skills to help me manage the initial editing process chapter by chapter. 
I had six different chapters mapped out in six different Google Docs, all of which needed citations added, research done to fill in a few blanks, and thoughts fully fleshed out. It took us about three months to finish the initial edit, at which point I was fortunately connected via a friend of a friend to yet another editor at Hachette. Now, when Colleen and I initially met up in person when I was on a business trip to New York, we had an instant connection. It meant a lot to me that she was willing to really dig into my work and read through my draft manuscript early on. And she even went the extra mile to help me reverse engineer my manuscript into a book proposal so that she could pitch the project to her entire team for review. Now, allowing these people to see my early unfinished, imperfect draft felt extremely vulnerable, but it was the most important accelerating force that propelled the whole book writing process forward. It taught me the importance of sharing your work early and often because keeping it too close to the chest suffocates your art. Now, by the very end of December 2018, I had the final book deal in hand which you can hear more about in episode 92, which includes that interview I did with Colleen. But at this point in time, I knew that I had my work cut out for me in the new year. Plus, now I was on a deadline, a contractually stipulated deadline to be specific. So to reach my 65,000 word count minimum, I knew I had a lot more to say about the science of burnout and the history behind what I call the martyrdom mindset. And I also knew I wanted to add a meaningful introduction and conclusion chapter and just flesh out the chapters to make sure that they were all approximately the same length. But more than anything else, the book was really missing some much-needed personal stories. And since I'm always profiling and featuring inspiring members of our Bossed Up community, I knew right away that I wanted to add some concrete examples to each chapter from women who were living it. I knew of so many Bossed Up bootcamp alums who were walking the walk in terms of getting Bossed Up. So I spent the next six months interviewing and writing up their stories, getting the subject's feedback, and finalizing my second final draft of my manuscript. Now, without the ability to take a concentrated amount of time away from running the business and focus exclusively on writing, I instead inserted writing days into my regular work week. I'd block off Tuesdays and Thursdays whenever I wasn't traveling for speaking to focus on writing only. Now, I'll admit, it didn't always work, and it did require putting a few other projects on the back burner for the short term, but it enabled me to hit my deadline without issue. And on the last day of June 2018, I turned in my final manuscript, all 65K plus words, and for about a month, The project was out of my hands entirely and solely on the desk of my editor, Colleen. And it was a good thing, too, because at that point, my attention turned towards my wedding, which was less than two months away on August 18, 2018. And we had a lot to plan for. Brad and I hosted the wedding back on his family farm, and we spent every spare moment in the following month and a half from turning in my manuscript on June 30th to prepare for our August 18 wedding, and then, of course, bask in all the love that that celebration entailed. But once we were home from two blissful weeks that Brad and I took off to get hitched, I spent the next two months working through line-by-line edits that Colleen had left for me. 
We went back and forth making tweaks, strengthening arguments, and rereading that damn manuscript until I thought my eyes were going to be permanently crossed. It was an arduous, frustrating, and sometimes boring process, if I'm being honest, but it left me feeling like we'd been sculpting a smooth statue. It had started off rough and abstract, but through reading and rereading, writing and rewriting, we chiseled that baby down to a masterpiece. I thought surely we had to be done at that point, right? But even after turning in my final edited manuscript at the end of October in 2018, we still had a ways to go. The next stage was all about copy editing. Now, I wasn't familiar with copy editors before writing the Bossed Up book, but after working with the two brilliant women who copy edited my book, I am left convinced that they're superhuman. These two grammar geeks went line by line with a fine-tooth comb, perfecting every last comma placement, creative capitalization, and spelling mistake I made. And I fought them at times and pushed back whenever the grammatically correct choice felt like it was detracting from the meaning behind what I'd written. But their brilliance took my writing to the next level. They double-checked all my citations, and noted where my arguments would be strengthened by an additional note or resource. They confirmed every single quotation was in fact accurate and helped me ease up on my overuse of italics, which I completely overuse to show my emphasis for meaning what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the very final part of editing came down to picking fonts, designing chapter headers, and finalizing the look and feel of section breaks, as well as inserting featured graphics designed by one of my longtime graphic designers, Ellie Nonamaker. I then worked with Hachette's in-house cover artist who captured the vibe of the book perfectly in my cover art and had the support of Colleen, my editor, in shepherding me through this process all the way. When looking back on the entire book writing process, there are a few key takeaways I'd want to hammer home for anyone who's considering walking down this road themselves. First, writing a book is a long, arduous process. My book is just over a month away from being published, but it began as an idea spurred on by a lunch meeting that I took in 2013, nearly six years ago. Second of all, I didn't do this alone. Many creative people made this process possible. I feel so fortunate to have had the help of brilliant people at my publishing house, Hachette, but also the early supporters who urged me on from the start. Third, it's important to answer the call or the idea stops calling. More than anything, I'm so glad that I dropped everything to write my first rough draft as the idea was bouncing around in my head after all my book proposals failed. If I hadn't answered the call and honored the idea then, I highly doubt that I'd be able to write the same book now. And finally, writing a book and selling a book are two very different things. <laughs> I share all of these lessons learned with the utmost humility today because I'm currently navigating a whole new learning curve. Writing a book was a wonderful challenge, but figuring out how to get it into the hands of thousands of badass women who could put it to good use 
is a whole different ball game. So I appreciate each and every one of you who's taken the time to listen to this podcast today, who's already pre-ordered the Bossed Up book, which if you pre-order this month, you'll actually get my free gift for pre-ordering and being an early supporter, which is free access to my online Get Your Money negotiation course as thanks for your early support. And I really can't wait to see where we go from here or what I learn from here. I hope today's episode was helpful to you. If you've ever thought about writing your own book, I highly encourage you to answer the call, to devote the time necessary, to devote the energy necessary, to let people into your process early and often. And of course, to share this episode with the future authors that you want to inspire or with anyone you think might benefit from hearing this. Do you have more questions about the book writing process? I want to hear from you. As always, you can message me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Emily Aries or at BossedUp.org. Or you can always comment on today's corresponding blog post at BossedUp.org slash episode 113, where you'll find links to all the different resources, people, and places that I mentioned in today's episode as well. Thanks again for listening and keep bossing. Let's face it, speaking up at work can be really hard to do, especially for women and women of color. When the stakes are high and you've already worked so hard to just be the only woman in the room and you want to get everything right, you want to have all your facts and figures accurate before making your voice heard, it's just so much easier to stay silent instead. Researcher Deb Chahansky calls this loss of voice phenomenon. And it actually emerges in adolescent women at greater rates than men. And it sticks with us for the rest of our lives. Self-silencing behavior can actually become an unconscious habit unless we consciously engage in practicing our assertive communication skills. And we here at Bossed Up have set out to help women like you do just that. Speak Up, my live assertive communication course is back open for enrollment, and we're kicking off a new cohort launching this June. Over the course of eight life-changing weeks, you'll have access to interactive online curriculum and live weekly practice sessions where you, Irene and I, and a cohort of fellow Speak Up bosses who are owning their voice, overcoming the social messages that have taught us to keep silent, and really learning to strategically and assertively communicate when it matters most, we'll actually have the practice time to rewire our brains, create new neural pathways, and build better habits when it comes to speaking up with confidence and precision and assertively communicating in the workplace. Learn more and enroll today to secure your spot at bossedup.org speakup. That's bossedup.org speakup.